And welcome to Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken on Sutherland Avenue. This is Tennessee Prime alongside Jason Swain. I'm Austin Price. Both Cade Mays and Jimmy Calloway will be here shortly. They are exiting a leadership meeting on campus, and uh, they're on their way as we speak. Uh, Jason, Tennessee coming off a uh, 41-34 loss to uh, Pittsburgh uh, over on Saturday. Um, I was on your show this morning, and yep. you got to grill me, so now I get to grill you. So uh, overall thoughts from the game? You take positives away from – I mean, no, no fan will hear moral victory, but, yeah, I, you sure. know, I thought there were some things Tennessee can take away and feel good about, though. Yeah, I mean, you can see the improvement. That's one thing we can say. You can see the improvement with this, with this football team. Um, you can see that these guys are, are having fun. Uh, they never gave up, man. They fought tooth and nail to the end. And that's something that we did not see much of, you know, last year. Um, but this team basically beat themselves, Austin. I mean, he had three turnovers. He had 13 penalties for 130-plus yards. And you still had a chance to tie it up. Uh, it was a bad spot by the referees on third down and uh, short. And then you fell by a couple of inches to pick up a fourth down in the red zone. And you go and score, and now it's tied. So uh, I think if you are the coaches, you – Obviously, you're not happy that you that you lost, but you look at the game film, you say, hey, man, we, we beat ourselves and still had a chance to tie this thing up. Our guys are playing hard. Uh, they're executing for the most part. Uh, our play calling is, is is working. We see guys open. We just have to execute it a little bit better and hit those, those passes in practice. And, um, you know, I think if you do that, maybe the outcome is different when you are playing a Pittsburgh-like team here in a couple weeks in the SEC. Schematically, Tennessee, I, I thought, you know, had a really good day. I mean, yeah. they, you know, the, the game that Heupel and, and Golish and the offensive staff called, I thought was really, really good. I mean, to score 34 points, to leave a lot of points on the on the field, I mean, Tennessee could have easily scored in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's how you ought to feel about that game. I mean, I know if and buts and you got to score uh, and, and, and take care of business, but, you know, second game in this system for these kids, um, you know, again, they let one get away. They did. There's no doubt about that. And the quarterback play's got to be better, um, you know, going forward. But I think there are some positives that you can take out of this. Quarterback, uh, you know, specifically, who you starting Saturday? You wouldn't lie, man. You, you, you wouldn't lie when you say you're going to put me on the spot. Um, what's today, Tuesday? It's crazy, Austin, because on, on Sunday, I, you know, I felt like, all right, man, go with, go with Hendon. Yesterday I was like, go with Hendon. Look, you know, look what he did. He came came in, and you know, Tennessee was able to put up some points. But um, if you're going to win some games later on the season against SEC teams, you're going to need to, some big plays. You're going to need to hit those deep passes, and I think you're going to need number seven to do it. And I just I just worry about after two games sh- shelving him. Um, where does he go mentally? I mean, the, the yeah, one thing I mean, that's, could, that's what I'm thinking. The, the best thing, you, you, know, you know, the best compliment you could ever give Jerry Gantano was the fact that no matter how many times he got pulled or had his face mask pulled or, or whatever else, <laughs> that was great. He, he never mailed it in. Like, I mean, you know, if he got put back in, he came right back. Yeah. Um, was it good enough on the field? No, but at the same time, he never kind of went there. Um, and, uh, and so I don't disagree with what you're saying. I mean, I've thought long and hard about it, too. And, and you can make a case for, you know, giving him the start. You can make a case for, you know, sticking by Joe and letting him play through it. Because Saturday is a game you should play through. Furman, Furman shut out 
Yeah. Tennessee Tech. Yeah. No pressure, Cade Mays. Furman shut out Tennessee Tech. Of course, you don't play defense. I don't play defense, so. We could probably arrange it, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cade Mays joining us here, fresh out of the leadership meeting. Um, fresh out. First day out. I, I, I told you Saturday night we were going to, uh, we were going to uh, talk your, uh, your penalty because I feel like you and I can have that conversation. So, take me through uh, this penalty. Uh, the, the personal foul kind of sent Tennessee in reverse on that drive. Um, what, what was going on? What were you thinking? Hold on, Kay. Before you answer that, <laughs> before you answer that, I just want to personally take responsibility <laughs> because last week I hyped you up and I said, man, I love it. I love it, man. You know, rub them deep defensive players facing the ground and hit them and yeah. hit them late and whatever. I love it. I love the intensity. I'm taking full responsibility. You tell Coach Hyper, it's my fault. That's your fault. It's my fault, man. It's on me. <laughs> nah, but, I mean, I didn't hear the whistle. So, I mean, I was just playing to the whistle. I didn't hear it. And it was like, I, when you go back and watch the film, like, as soon as I hit Buddy, he was blowing the whistle. So, I mean, they should have blown it a little quicker, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you are taught to, to play through that co- of the whistle. Wow. And if you don't hear it, then, I mean. And you, and you go back a year ago, I mean, Trey had a couple of those type penalties where you just keep playing and, you know, maybe Kyle I mean, in there late. To be honest with you, like when you're out there playing, you really, like, if you're in the heat, like, of the battle, you don't really hear the whistle. Especially so. if somebody's getting underneath your skin a little bit and you have a chance to take it out on them. I mean, yeah, nobody really gets under my skin because, I mean, I, you just don't really get under my skin. It's just like, you know, I mean, you're in that little fit of rage during the play and you don't hear the whistle, so. It is what it is. So we were talking quarterbacks when you walked up. Um, I'm not going to ask you who you would start, but, you know, how do you feel like, you know, those guys responded Saturday? How do you feel like, you know, I mean, anytime, you know, you get you have to come out of the game and somebody else takes your spot, how, how did Joe handle it? How did how do you feel like Hendon responded throughout the course of the game? And then what have you seen from those guys so far in practice this week? Yeah, I mean, they're grown men, you know, so they're able to handle things well. And, you know, in the face of adversity, you know, they don't, they don't cower down and, you know, when Joe went down, it was Hendon's turn to step up, and, you know, he did so, and, and Joe supported him on the sideline. I mean, you walk up and down the sideline, you see, I mean, Joe over there coaching Hendon up on stuff that he might have saw from the sideline. So, I mean, there was really no ever animosity in that or anything. You know, they just they handled themselves well and, you know, want each other to do well. What, what, what do you think the difference between Joe and fall camp and Joe through the first two games is? I mean, I, 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 we all talk see the overthrows, but what do you, what do you think that's coming from? Because obviously he did, I don't think he did that in fall camp, right? <clears throat> I mean, I don't think there's any difference. I think that, you know, Joe has been playing, you know, Joe's ball, you know. I mean, I don't think there's really any difference. You know, I mean, he knows the stuff that he's got to correct. I know the stuff that I've got to correct. I make mistakes. He makes mistakes. All 22 guys on the sure. field make mistakes. So, I mean, it's just it's something that, you know, you got to correct. I mean, like a little stuff with O-line, like, I mean, your set might be bad for a game. You know what I mean? you got to correct that the next week. And so, I mean, Joe knows what he's got to correct, and when he gets healthy, you know, and he's going to work on it. Do, do you think it's important to let a kid play through it? I mean, being a player, you can, you know, getting to play through maybe some of those mistakes and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at the secondary a year ago. The Nicholas Slaughter starts the South Carolina game. You know, gets beat a couple times, and he's not seen from again. They, like mm-hmm. the last staff had no, you know, they just jerked him out. You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it is important to, you know, let let someone who's making mistakes go in there. And, but you gotta you gotta be able to correct your mistakes and sure. stuff. And obviously, if you're not healthy enough to to perform, then that's just what it is. I mean, you're not healthy enough to perform. But um, I mean, yeah. 
we, we heard all fall camp and preseason and, you know, even up to this point that um, that the team's closer, um, that you guys are having fun. Um, you know, COVID really made you guys have to isolate and didn't have time to build those relationships. And, you know, we heard all the stories and we heard the lip service, but I think uh, the proof was kind of in the pudding, something that you just mentioned, Kate, and that is when, you know, Joe went out and Hendon went in. Uh, of course, Hendon was, was cheering Joe on the first game, game and a half, when he was out there uh, as a number two guy on the sideline. Well, you get pulled, you, you know, you, you're not playing well, you get hurt and you're not playing well. Uh, you have a tendency to kind of sulk and, and, and not allow yourself to be mentally into the game. But Joe didn't do that, man. He was up there supporting his teammate. And you, you mentioned it, but everyone noticed it. I have a lot of people calling in this week and messaging in this week, they noticed that. They saw the sideline. They saw Joe uh, giving Hendon that positive reinforcement, hyping yeah. him up. And so you can see you can see the difference for sure on the sideline. I mean, we all just want to make money together, you know. I mean, everybody, mm -hmm. we're all friends. Everybody wants to, like, if you're in there, I would want somebody to support me, you know. And if someone else is in there, I would want, I would want to support them because, I mean, you get what you give. So, I mean, you support people, you're good to people, you know, and they're out there on the field and, I mean, you're going to get that in return. Sure. This week you played Tennessee Tech. Um, you know, you guys should roll in that game. When you go into a game like this, how important is it more than anything to just get out of it as healthy as you were going in? Yeah, I mean, it's important, but at the same time, you know, a game like this is very important to go in and work on your own skill set, work on our, our flow as an offense, and, and just, you know, take a step, not not – not take a step back, just take a step forward, working on personal stuff, working on offensive stuff, just get, coming closer as a team, playing better as a team, playing clean. And, you know, that's, what, that's what's important about a week like this is just up in your game. How, how quick do you, do you flush it, uh, whether you lose or you win? And listen, this is not your first rodeo, uh, playing, at, playing at a high level, playing in a, uh, a game that's national televised. You, know, yeah. you were at UGA playing some big games there. Uh, you've been here playing some playing some big games, uh, won some, lost some. But regardless of the outcome, you got to really forget about it, right, and get ready for, sure. for the next week. How do you handle that? What's, what's your process? Um, the way I look at it, there's just there's always the next week. You know, I mean, you can't go back and change something that happened, can't go back and change the past. So just looking forward to that next week, looking at that opponent and, and just really just trying not to let it happen again, just knowing knowing the mistakes you made and, and correcting those the next week. So, so like Saturday night, is it like Saturday night, 11.59, you're like, yeah, yeah, feeling good about my performance. And then as soon as midnight hit, kind of like what Cinderella, you're like, ah, I got I to gotta flush it and think about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Time. I mean, no matter how good or bad you played, I mean, you've, gotta, you've still got to go out and perform next week. So, I mean, the last week doesn't really mean anything because you've got another one coming up. For this team, how good would it be to go out and kind of have that 70-3 to cleanse game? And just, you know, I mean, I, no, no offense to the kids in, in Cookville, but just – kind of just have a game where you guys kind of feel good about yourselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, you know, I mean, confidence levels are still the same. I mean, we know what we can do. We know what we can be. I mean, we just got to go out and perform. And, and you know, we, we beat ourselves. And so you go out there and you play a clean game. You play hard and stuff. You know, everything takes care of itself. And you don't make the mistakes that we made last week. So, As a, as a player on the team, you know, you're, you're an offense and the defense is out there. Um, or, I mean, hey, you're playing offense and you see other guys make plays. Who are some guys that you were impressed with 
uh, and their performance against about Pittsburgh. On defense? You know, regardless of defense, offenses as a team, who are some guys that kind of stood out to you? Um, I thought Jacob Warren had a really good game. I was really impressed with him. He's had a really good two games. You know, he's been he's been playing his butt off this year. And then, you know, Jimmy Calloway coming back this week had that big run down the sideline. I was, I was you know, blocking my guy, and I saw him catch it. And, like, the window looked like it was so small. Mm-hmm. He just flew through it. And I was like, man, he is cooking down the sideline. But uh, Jacob, Jimmy, you know, there's a lot of guys that played good this week. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I don't really know because, you know, yeah. when you come off the sideline, you're over there scheming up what the defense has been doing against you, and so you don't you just see you hear it's third down, and you're like, all right, it's about time to go. So yeah. I can't really say anything for the defense, but I mean, I think I think a lot of guys played well. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the game this weekend. We'll talk about maybe some lineup changes, and uh, then we'll kind of continue to get to know Cade Mays as the person, not just the player off the field. He's Jason Swain for Cade Mays. I'm Austin Price. You're watching Tennessee Prime. Bite into that crispy crust with just the right amount of spicy, and you're going to taste the tender, juicy, succulent chicken that is Gus's world-famous fried chicken, a timeless southern tradition that started over 60 years ago in Mason, Tennessee, with a secret family recipe. Gus's has stood the test of time and spread throughout the world. It's not just famous, it's world-famous fried chicken at Gus's. VolQuest.com has been the gold standard for Tennessee football coverage for over 20 years, led by an experienced staff with over 600 games covered amongst them. Speed, speed, and then some more speed. VolQuest takes you behind the scenes with features on coaches and players. For only $9.95 per month, find out why VolQuest continues to set that standard. the best source of Tennessee and college football talk is, tune in to the Swain Event every morning from 7 to 10 a.m. You can listen on the Swain Event app or catch the live stream on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook Live. If you can't listen in real time, it's all good. Just click on the podcast icon in the app and listen at your convenience. Get all the information on the Vols all year long with the Swain Event. You will not find a better mix of big orange news and opinion anywhere else. And welcome back to Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken off Sutherland Avenue. Alongside Jason Swain and Cade Mays, I'm Austin Price. We're watching Tennessee Prime. Cade, guard play. You you look at the the holding penalties through the first couple of weeks. Most of them have come from the interior. Um, how important is it to see those guys kind of up their game and potentially or potentially see someone like yourself slide inside and maybe a guy like Jeremiah Crawford buys his game to see if he can see if he can help this team. I mean, I think holding penalties, they're, they're a given. They're going to happen. You know, I mean, you're in there scratching and clawing, trying to make a block. Somebody, you might take a bad step, get in bad position, and then, you know, next thing you know, you're holding a guy outside your frame and, you know, ref sees and throws a flag. So, I mean, holding calls are a given. Um, I will say the refs were kind of picky. 
kind of picky on Saturday, but um, I mean, those guys, they work hard. They, you know, they're getting better every day. Um, what did you think of Kingston Harris Saturday? I was happy with how Kingston played. Um, came in there, he's been flipping sides and stuff, and I know personally how hard that is. It's just, it's really hard to, you know, go from the right side to the left side, and, and he just, he did a really good job knowing his assignments, you know, from the right side to the left side, and just going in there and, and just competing hard. Why, why, why is it hard? Why is it hard to flip from left to right, right um, to left? So somebody on Twitter actually said, whichever dominant hand you wipe your butt with, switch it. Try that. Kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's just hard because, like, I mean, you've got your you've got your your feet staggered one way, and then you stagger them the other way, and everything just feels awkward. You've got to use your hands a different way. It's just awkward. Like, it's I, I, just mean, awkward. I maintain that. Well, one, Darnell's in way better shape. But I maintain that the move from right to left for Darnell was real beneficial for him because that's all he ever played until he got to Tennessee. And all of a sudden he was doing something he was unfamiliar with. Yeah. And now he's back to, you know, yeah, the, I will say, the bike over on the left side. I will him. say whatever you play in high school really has no, like, effect on what Like, if you play a position in high school and then get to college and play a different one, you're not being coached so technically in high school to where it really matters. And then, like, when you get to college and you're, you're, you're pounding this technique, trying to get these motions fluid and doing everything, um, and then you switch sides and then try to do the same thing on another side, it's really hard. Like, it's hard. So, having played basically every – you have played every position on the offensive yeah. line. Is and there fullback a, and tight end. Is there a favorite? I like center. You do? Yeah. So, if you, if you went to the NFL, you would be you, – you would – That'd be something you'd be all about. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see myself playing center in, in, in the NFL. Jeff Saturday. I think I'm a little bit bigger than him. You are. I understand. I'm joking. <laughs> Coop's a big Jeff Saturday guy. I'm sure Coop is a big Jeff Saturday yeah, guy. Yeah, but I like center. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm good at center. I understand like the game, like making the calls and stuff, and and I like you know being in control of getting everybody on the same page and communicating that to everybody, and then. I don't know. There's just something about center. I don't mind snapping the ball. I like using like using my offhand and stuff. It's, what what lineman do you try to pattern your game after, or, or linemen? I can't really say like one lineman because I watch like I watch so many. Like I watch almost all the right tackles that are in the NFL. Who's an old school guy that you loved to watch when you were growing up? Um, Did you watch anything like that? Like I said, look, we talked about this last week. I watched a lot of Taylor Lewan. Like when he first got in the league, when he was making all those Pro Bowls and stuff. Not last week when he got beat for five sacks. He owned it, though. He owned it. He, he did, did own it. He did well, own it. what you have to do. Yeah, for I sure. mean, you don't really have a choice when everybody, you know, everyone's For sure. Right. Well, remember that, Kate. If you give up a sack or something, you don't want to come out and do That's okay. Show. That's fine. But <laughs> Taylor Lewan, um, I've been studying a lot of Brian Balaga lately just because he's he's been so good for so long in the league, and he just does stuff. You know, he does, like, he's got his own, like, little techniques and stuff. And it's just, he's really good with his hands. Got a really good set and stuff. Taylor Moden too from Carolina Panthers. Watch a lot of him. What's the key to longevity? Do you, I mean, do you, do you, do you think do you, do you have a kind of a feel for that? God, honestly, just if He blesses you to play this game long enough. I mean, the, the credit to him because I mean it's a violent game. Injuries happen, and just you know, if he wants you to play the game for a long time, then you're going to do it. And so, um, because I mean, there's some people you know get in the league, get hurt during training camp. I mean, that's sure. just. I mean, it sucks, but that's the way that's the way the game goes. It's violent, you know. It's it's physical, and injuries just happen. Did you watch Trey's game Sunday? I was actually hunting, but I I tuned in for a couple plays, but I went back and watched all the highlights and stuff. I talked to Trey right after the game, so 
What'd you, what were you, I mean, his story is so awesome just because of all that he went through to even just be able to play in college. Yeah. And then, you know, it hurts him in the draft. For and then sure. he, all of a sudden he's, you know, the starter after they have an injury. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most, like, special stories. Just just honestly from, from high school all the way to the NFL, his story is just so incredible. And the way that he carries himself as a person just, you know, I, I can't say enough about him. You know, he's one of my best friends, and we talk on the daily. And just the way he carries himself, he's such a – He's got such a great personality and just the stuff that he's had to go through, the adversity in his life, and to still just walk the way he does and talk the way he does, it's just, it's really special. What, what, what's cool about it is, you know, he, he could have went anywhere in the country, you know, you, you, you as well, man, but it came down to Tennessee, Ohio State, Alabama for him, he picks Tennessee, uh, he plays lights out as a freshman, and then it helped reasons he had to sit down, uh, didn't win as much as I'm sure he wanted to win, and then... You know, he slides in the draft because of, of, the, of the health concerns. Um, and then the one place, the one place that needs him the most is the best organization right now in the NFL. No doubt. The one place that you saw in the Super Bowl get exposed. It's really the reason why he lost the Super Bowl is because Tampa Bay applied so much pressure to Patrick Holmes and he couldn't throw it. He was running for his life. Yeah. So the one place that needed him is the best situation for him, playing for a Hall of Fame coach Andy Reid, Protecting Patrick Mahomes, future Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah, like, 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 crazy. In the most potent offense ever. I mean, yep. they were down, you know, by multiple scores to Cleveland, and they had no juice. And all of a sudden, snap of a finger, they score two two touchdowns, and boom, they win. They just For winners, sure. and I just I'm just happy that Trey is associated with that and tied with, to that no because doubt. he deserves it. You know absolutely, what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. He deserves it. I'm happy for him. Happy for him. I, I do want to say um, our thoughts and prayers go out to the uh, family of uh, former Vol. Paris Harrelson, uh, Paris passing away yesterday. Jason, you played with him. Uh, Kate, you were growing up around the time he was playing. Yeah. I mean, what kind of memories do you have of him? I mean, I don't have, like, I remember the name. I remember him being a phenomenal player. But, like, I was too young to, you know, be really locked into, like, Tennessee football and stuff. I mean, I was probably 8, 10 years old probably. But, I mean, I just remember hearing the name. I mean, he's been a phenomenal player. Definitely very good name in this in our program. Where were you born, 99? 99. Yeah, he was, he was about five or six. Yeah. I knew I was definitely young, but I've heard the name. Paris, um, if you can create, like, the perfect student athlete and the perfect player inside your program, Paris will be who you would create. Uh, he took care of business in the classroom. You never saw him, you know, frown. He's always smiling, always had energy, lit every room up that he walked into. Uh, was a two-time captain. He was a six-foot defensive end. Coming, coming in from Mississippi, and so, you know, you normally don't see six-foot defensive ends. For sure. You know, but he left here, this program, fifth all-time in sacks, uh, and he played his best ball against Alabama and the Georgias of the world. Uh, he, I remember in 2004, Turpin Bride uh, broke through the line of scrimmage on a run to Kenneth Darby and created a fumble, caused a fumble. Paris Harrison scooped it up and scored, and that just changed the momentum in that football game. We were able to go and, and beat Alabama there in 04, but Paris is, is one of the best human beings I've ever been around. Uh, I learned so much from him on, on how to treat people, how to carry yourself as a professional, even though we weren't pros, just how to be uh, a student athlete and take care of your business uh, on the field. So uh, I got the news yesterday. I was des- devastated. Um, but it's cool to see everyone uh, highlight what, what a guy Paris Harrison was. And uh, hopefully we can all model what type of guy he was. Well, and, and I'm going to share a story that's from the general's quarters um, uh, from Hack, 
Uh, it says, in 2005, my six-year-old son was trying to get autographs after the game. Paris saw him struggling to get them. He went to pick him up and said, come on, little man. We'll get some autographs on that football. He carried him around until all of that football was covered in signatures. He gave me and my son a memory of a lifetime. And that just goes to show what you did and what you can do, you know, during, um, you know, the vol walk with a smile or a fist pump or, you know, after a game signing an autograph can leave a lasting impact many, many, many years later. Yeah, yeah, Paris, special, special. So I know uh, I know Tennessee is going to do something to honor him uh, this weekend and, um, you know, we, we, see, we see from time to time players that play here and people that you know, worked here. Uh, this program, to mean so much to this program, they, they pass away. We see you know, older folks pass away. And we say, man, they lived a, they lived a great they, they lived a great life. They lived a full life. Uh, but whenever you see someone that's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, you know they just have so much left. In Paris' case, 37, uh, just way too, way too early, way too soon. But uh, I tell you what, it makes you realize that um, Pick up the phone and call people that matter to you. Tell them you love them. Tell them how much they mean to you because you just never know what might happen. So, you know, live every day like it's your last. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, again, uh, you know, he was a, a, a great classmate of mine. We had a couple of classes together. As we, uh, He's a year younger than me. You was copying his paper? No. Don't lie. He know he was copying our parents' paper. Don't lie, AP. No. Looking over his shoulder. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, uh, Flip the script away from that to, to you know, back to just kind of getting to know Cade. What's your major? Communication studies. All right, let's forget that. Let's talk about in high school or elementary school. What was your favorite? What was your favorite subject? <laughs> subject? Yeah, I mean, was it history? Lunch and PE. Lunch. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I went like. Was there a particular subject that came easier to you? Um. I like history. History was cool. I wasn't ever big on like English or um, math, really. I mean, math was math was decent, but I was I liked history. I like learning about like the country and like stuff that's happened before me. Why why stuff looks like it is now, you know? Hey, there, big guy. I know that guy. That's right, because Jimmy Callaway was unable to make it, so we've added the other Mays brother in here. Big coop. But, uh, I'm telling on you, Kay. I'm telling on you, man. You over here talking about how you want to play center, and we already have a center. That's right. You see how you see how Cooper's looking over here. He's like, what? tell him, Coop. <laughs> oh man. Probably better than me at center, honestly. Yeah, we'll turn. We'll turn. We'll he said you're a Jeff up. Saturday guy. Yeah, I, I would say so. Isn't uh, Kelsey? Is that? Yeah, I would say. I would say Kelsey. Is that because Corey you have a, Is that because you have a thick beard and he has more of a Jeff Saturday thin beard? You got a beard? No, I can't grow one. Actually, I could. No. I got a white spot right was, here. You just I don't, don't want that. Could. It's okay. We'll all get there someday. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're obviously not playing right now. Um, how much are you itching to get back, though? Man, I'm. Because I mean, you know, you went all off season in first game. You said what? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely disappointing. You know. At this point, I'm just itching all day to get back. You know, Thank just you so scratching much. myself. Got to put on top of the ointment, you know, like cream. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm ready to get back. I mean, I, it's honestly, it's like, 
it really just kind of like hurts your spirit when you see people out there fighting, you know, like sure. the O-line and everything out there fighting. I just want to be a part of that. It's, it's really what I want to be a part of. When you went back and watched the film uh, before you got hurt, what, what did you like about how you were doing in that game? Um, I think I think the biggest thing I was doing, I was playing with the right tempo. I think our coaches preach our tempo. Obviously, it's what they're known for. So I think I, I think I was doing a really good job with that, getting everybody up on the ball, getting people set, making my call, and getting rolling. What's, what's your um, what's your what's your regimen now that uh, you're trying to come back from injury? Um, no. Long nights in the training room, trying okay. to trying to you know, shorten that recovery time. Okay. Now, take us through kind of what your daily uh, regimen is, just in the training room. Um, really, I think I mean it. It just kind of depends on the day, what we're doing at practice and everything. But I mean, it just boils down to any time I'm free, whether that's after <clears throat> after class in the morning, at night before meetings. You know, just any time I can get in the training room, I'm in there getting ice, heat and stuff, everything. Just anything to help it get better. How much has he grown? You go back to high school. Cooper, when he was a sophomore, I took a picture of him. and yeah. He's never let me live it down, although I've kept it this entire time. That was um, year. I know. But, so, but, I mean, like when you look back at just how small he was back then, and your dad called it. I mean, you know, he, he said Cooper's going to be this, and he's going to – he goes, he's just like me. I was this age, boom, and then yeah. took off. And then all of a sudden you saw him take off and really start putting on pounds and become a different player. For sure. And he already had that, the, I call it the maze mentality. Yeah. And he already had that, but as far as size, he didn't right away. For sure. I mean, my junior year, it was, it was his freshman year. He was playing guard at 220 pounds right beside me. And then, you know, sophomore year, his sophomore year, my senior year, 240, playing 240 next to me. He gets to his junior year, he's about 260, and then gets to his senior year about. Ain't even that. Yeah, I mean, 245, like, Not he played three was, years at below 250 pounds of high school. And then his senior year, you know, he jumped up there, 275, 280. Yeah, people don't even know this, really. But my junior year, like, the last game of my junior year, I weighed in with my pads on, like, 246. Ooh. With my whole pads, every wow. outfit, everything. I and mean, you've got, at this point, you've got SEC offers. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Offers I, from everybody around the country. And, I right. mean, you're playing football at really about 235 after you take your pads off and stuff. No but, like. The off-seasons, you know, the, the, where he took those, that big jump and put on 35, 30 pounds, yeah, from, 35 pounds? From, the, from literally from the last game of my senior year, which was the fourth round of the playoffs, so probably around, like, what, December, somewhere around there? So, like, December to spring, I jumped from 240, probably, probably about 240 flat, probably, to 270, just to the spring. And then from the spring to the summer, I jumped up to about 294. What? That was that central game where you dominated defensively. Yeah, almost dominated. Real, almost, it wasn't even fair. I actually think you could play defensive tackle here. <laughs> I know. That's why. Nah, I, I definitely I could. Talk about all the time. Well, I, I mean, talk about all the time. What, I mean, what did you do to anything different to gain that weight, or just was like, all right, it's time to it's time to gain weight, man. Here's here's you know, mother nature. I was uh, I was really I just wasn't really taking like I kind of knew it was like go time. You know, I knew I knew for a fact like if I didn't gain weight, I was going to lose my offers and stuff. Yeah. So. I was like, look, like, I got to gain weight. So I was doing anything. So I, I basically, I'll give you the routine. So I'd wake up right in the morning. On the ride to school, I'd be drinking a protein shake that's about that big. Mm-hmm. I'd drink that on the way there, get to school, work out, you know, about to throw up on myself because I was so full <laughs> for the protein shake. But I wouldn't because, you know, I don't, I don't do that. I'm trying to get all the gains. Go to uh, first period, do that. Second period, which is probably about like eight. 850, somewhere around in there. 
I'd have a big old breakfast. I have about four hash browns, like big, big like Arby styles, like the potato cakes. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, 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 about yeah. four of those. Wrap them up in bacon. You know, throw maybe a couple cookies or, or a, you know, a sausage biscuit in there. Uh, go up, to, go up to, oh yeah, go up to lunch. About two plates. Be done with lunch. Get done with, get done with the day of school. Go to Subway. Get a six inch with some chips. Throw the chips on the, on the sandwich. Yeah. Then you work out. I worked out. Then. Then go to the handy burger. Yeah. Heck yeah. Man. I, creatine. I mean, I could go on. And then at nighttime, about two peanut butter and jellies, protein shake, right before bed. Give me big old heartburn. You know, a couple five pounds probably. It was worth it though. Oh yeah, he was definitely eating like crazy. It was unreal. Working out like crazy. Like yeah. like like the dedication he put in from like that that little period of time of just like on his routine. Like knew what he had to do. Knew what he had to do to get there and. He did it. The good news for Coop is, is when his playing days are over, he'll swim back down to 210 pounds. That's what I'm talking about. Whereas Cade and Camp have different genetics, and they're naturally going to be big forever. Don't, don't make no sense to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. It's good for when you're done. That's man. what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a bodybuilder when I'm done. Watch, I'm going to have abs for the first time in my life. Spandex, all spandex. That's like right. a professor. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing straight tight clothes. Mediums only. I was trying to talk about like something different, like favorite subject in school, and and Biggin over here said PE and and lunch. You're the brainiac of the family, so what what, what was it for you? Favorite subjects? Yeah, at, at any favorite point, like, like mine was Tennessee history in seventh grade. Um, I really enjoyed. Um, I had U.S. history honors my junior year with Hamlin, Mr. Hamlin. Yeah, that's what, I, was, that's uh, what I liked. Very interesting guy, you know. Definitely was like had the best intentions. Loved his heart, job. Loved his job, and like you know, some people you know didn't like that because he was following all the rules and he would write you up for and if you didn't follow all the rules like that guy. But you know, <laughs> of course, I would. You know, I I kind of looked at it. and I was like, you know, this guy, he definitely cares. So that kind of helped to me. He was a good teacher too. So I like that. And then. I don't really know anything else. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy anything I do, really. So you both like history. What about history, though? I've got, like, a photographic memory. So, like, I can, like, memorize dates, and I'm really just interested in it. So it just makes it easier. See, I could watch, I could watch JFK assassination documentaries all the time. Oh, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Documentary or, like, the actual video? <laughs> yeah. The actual video, sure. But yeah, you can't watch a documentary without watching the actual video in it. But well, yeah, I mean, I mean like, just learning more stuff. about I'm it and all say, that I'm stuff. Saying, did you see, I'm saying like the original video? Yes, the Zapruder film. Wow. So without the, like the, uh, what do they call that? The censorship yes. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty weird ordeal. I'm just sitting back just, I'm getting a kick out of this, man. The, <laughs> the, the brotherly love here, man. Isn't crazy? I mean, I would have thought. I'm really, I'm really just like, I'm just the guy that, you know, just comes in and saves the day sometimes, I feel like. <laughs> you, hey, man. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Hey, you'll have to do it here in a couple couple days when now the ankle gets healed and you're ready to go, man. Come in and save the day. I do what I do. I'm prepared. The best part is, is we have someone watching from Washington, D.C. that would be one that prote- protects one of those important 45 people. 46 people now. So. You lost me, big dog. What are you talking about? Secret Service. There oh. you go. Oh. He, said, he, he says we're on the radar. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I Cooper. bet we are. It's Cooper. It's all Cooper, man. I, mean, I need to chill out with the JFK stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that ship had sailed. I'm turning my, I'm turning my mic off. 
Go give me some chicken. Go ahead, Jason. Change the subject. I'm call. You want to toss the break, then we'll come back and talk yeah, about let's, Tennessee Tech. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk football. And uh, let's let's go to break and come back and uh, chop it up with these guys, man. Get the Maze brother. Where, where's my shirt? Where's my Where's the Maze brother shirt? You supposed to be bringing me one like two weeks ago. Man. I know my bad. That yeah, is true. I, 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 I can tell you hey, where to find one though. I was been busy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, little Kingston Pike DW designs. Yeah, I want to go. I might go by there, man. I drove past every day and I was like. Hey, before we go to break, Matthew Butler talks to the media today. Before he starts, he goes, Gala asks the best question, gets a free smoothie from Smoothie King. And hands, oh, and hands Jimmy Hines a Smoothie King coupon. Oh, man. Sorry, Jimmy. They don't have a gumbo flavor. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll be right back on Tennessee Prime. Locally owned, Gus's is located on Sutherland Avenue and has been voted the best fried chicken in every city they've ever gone to. Throw in some delicious and mouth-watering sides and it's easy to see why Gus's is a must-have at your dinner table. It's not just famous, it's world-famous fried chicken at Gus's. Ever wonder what the best source of Tennessee and college football talk is? Tune in to the Swain Event every morning from 7 to 10 a.m. You can listen on the Swain Event app or catch the live stream on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook Live. If you can't listen in real time, it's all good. Just click on the podcast icon in the app and listen at your convenience. Get all the information on the Vols all year long with the Swain Event. You will not find a better mix of big orange news and opinion anywhere else. VolQuest.com has been the gold standard for Tennessee football coverage for over 20 years, led by an experienced staff with over 600 games covered amongst them. Speed, speed, and then some more speed. VolQuest takes you behind the scenes with features on coaches and players. For only $9.95 per month, find out why VolQuest continues to set that standard. Welcome back to Tennessee Prime. It is the Mays Brothers and Yo. Austin Price, Jason Swain. Welcome back. There you go, man. That was good right there. You're live. You're going to be good. hosting this thing by the end of the year. That was good. That's good. Thanks, man. No, we're going to make Communication majors, you know. It's just it's natural. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help you get better, man. How many man, hours are you taking? 12. 12? 37. 15. I wanted to max it out schedule. Student athlete. When do you, when do you graduate? Um, December. It just means more. Yep, it does. Yep. When yep. do you when do you graduate? Yep. I don't know. You don't know? Don't not really worried about it. Jacob Warren has already graduated. Is playing football this season and technically has two more years after this year if he wants to play. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, he's about like forty four degrees. <laughs> yeah, like DK. <laughs> yeah, dang near. Who's Matthew Butler gonna have? Huh? Matthew Butler's been here forever too. Yeah, Matt, 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 Matt has been here forever. He like, was he like 32? <laughs> 26? 27? No, he's not. He's 24. I, I do love that Caleb Tremblay's 25 and can rent a car, though. That's amazing right there. He what? 
He can rent a car. He's 25 years old. He was born in 1996. But that was only two years after your dad quit playing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive, man. That, that's, that's all. I do got a question for Cooper, though. I remember last year <laughs> when you had to, like, switch shoulder pads and jerseys in, on the sideline. And I was like, who? Who is that, man? He don't have a name on the back of his jersey. Even Locklear. I just, I mean, I'm selfless. You know what I'm saying? I don't even need the name on my jersey. That's that's the way I look at it. Like, like how, like how many times did you do it in the course of a game? How was it? it looks like it's pretty annoying, to be honest. Um, are you talking about like the physical act of changing, or like yeah, like, that like, jersey? like how many times you have to change in the course uh, of a football game? Because you know. I, I would only since I, I mean, I honestly I didn't play very much center last year until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So like most of our like the like big packages that I was in. I think the only, really the only time I had to take the actual jersey off was, I think, Bama week. And they sent me out there. It was pretty short notice. And it was, it was, a, it was a hassle to get it off. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad it happened. Yeah, I used to have to wear the big jersey my freshman year when I was UGA. We did, like, the, because it was Cheney. Like, Cheney always likes having, like, a, an extra Major. lineman on, stu- on, the, on the line. <laughs> so, you know, you put your, you put your regular jersey on. So, you, so I had, like, my 77 with my name on the back. And then they give you, like, a 6X, like, jersey with like a tight end number and then you slide it over it when but was this it made you look I was stupid. UGA. you went to uga yeah no i don't remember that oh, so, no. so so your jersey on the short to pass Traded. they were like they were like <laughs> they were like like glued on your pads right yeah, yeah like you would have your, you yeah. have your tight jersey on like yeah, your yeah. like your gaming jersey and then they'd put like a 6x on on that they so they could slide it on and off yeah. It's pretty terrible. It makes you look like you have no, like, it looks like you have no business being on the field when you got that big old jersey on. I mean, I, when I saw you play, I was like, who, who is this guy with no name on the back of his jersey? <laughs> just, I had to text Austin. Turning, I was like, Austin, who is this guy? Is this, this guy just run on the field from the stands? Yeah. Oh, that's Cooper. I was like, oh, okay, it's Cooper. Yeah. Cool, cool, just, cool. The, just the twitchy number 93. <laughs> that's all it was. Playing I, tight end. I think, you know, you maybe break that out for senior day in a few years. What, the jersey? 93. Oh. I mean, I don't know. If, is that eligible? Hey, if you switch to the defensive line, you could wear number 93. That's right. I mean, hey. Wear 93 tight possible. end. Tight end. Wear 93. Catching catch passes. We got Speaking of tight ends, did you guys see the big tight end uh, who's like 311 pounds for the uh, – who does he play for? Auburn? Yeah, last no, week. in the NFL. That was last year. I was watching the game. We don't was, play Auburn. I can talk to him. I don't know who it was. He caught like six passes, though. He's 315 pounds. What? I don't remember what this season was. This was like Sunday? Yeah. You were hunting. How wow. do you know that? No, I was hunting like the afternoon. The games it, that came on at 1. It looked like I got you had pretty good success. So I did. I did. With the doves. Yeah. Still didn't get no phone call, man. I told you I went to hunt. What, you, what were you hunting? Doves, you said? Doves. Yep. Were you successful? I was. Killed my limit. What is the limit? It's fun. 15. Educate me. 15. Mm-hmm. Harder to kill. Ducks or doves? Um... Ducks, like the process of killing ducks is harder than doves, but doves are probably harder to shoot. And plus I was shooting like a, for all my hunters out there, I had a full choke in my gun and didn't realize it from turkey season. And, you know, I mean, doves are yay big. You can hold them in your hand. So, I mean, a full choke basically makes your shotgun pattern a lot tighter. So you want to have your pellets going a lot like a bigger area. Sure. And mine were tighter. So it made it kind of hard. Blew a couple of them in half, but. (laughs) You learn something new every day, man. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. You knew that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Nope. Yes, you nope. did. Don't nope. lie. <laughs> Not lying, man. Do, do you do you guys have, like, friendly wagers in the game? Like, all right, who, who's going to have the most pancakes? Who's going to have the most knockdowns? 
No. Y'all no. haven't done that yet? No. No, we're really just like. We're really just anxious just, folks. So, like, <laughs> we don't really talk about wagers and all that. We're just. And we like, just, we like support each other throughout the game. Like, see him make a big block, go over to him, tell him he's balling, a little tap on the back. Bye. It does the same thing to me. Is the dream scenario for an offensive lineman to be in a game that's not in doubt and to have one of your teammates fumble about the one and you fall on it in the end zone for a touchdown? No. 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 I would rather like a just just I would rather like a, a real dog like a game that has like no like if we're talking like in essence of scoring, like a, a tight game, you know, somehow ball ends up on the ground, you pick it up, game winning touchdown. Somehow TV, TV time. Or like you know, let's let's say the defense gets the ball and then you you go and take the ball away from the defender and then you go score that way. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. They're usually a lot more athletic than us, though. I had an interception in high school. That was pretty. Nice. We were talking about my first time on the show. I was telling about my interception. You remember that? When you played a pilot? Yeah. They're, man, they're over there right now getting it out. I'm talking about John cars, Tarleton. Cars flooding out of John Tarleton. XFL, baby. I'm telling you, I might have to go check it out. <laughs> Those were the days. John yeah, Tarleton was the days. We were out there balling. You man. guys ever go to intramural games on campus? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what? No, I've never been doing an intramural game. I hear Johnny Manziel's out there playing intramurals. You got to be a real student athlete, man. Soak up being a Tennessee student, man, sure. and athlete. Go hang out with the students, I too. mean, hey, I mean, I'm sure some of them are out there just getting after it. Yeah, take it serious. You know, those good high school players, you know, just they were the tweeners. You know, couldn't, couldn't really, like, get over the hump. But, you know, I bet, I bet they're out there getting it on. I bet they're playing hard. Gritty. I bet they're, I bet they're attacking. Forcing balls into quadruple and coverage. So what? Forcing balls into quadruple intramural coverage. Hall of Fame. Were you an intramural footballer? Was I? Yeah. I wasn't. You too, yeah. Hall of Famer? I don't know Hall what Hall of Famer, but I was a player. I think it's, you know, it's intramural basketball. I think anything you can do when you're in college is fun. For sure. I, I mean, think, you're going to look back and be, you'll be my age or Jason's age, which is basically the same. And you're older. I am older. But, I mean, like it goes by really quick, especially when you get kids. It's no, like your marker does. on life. Your first marker on life we was camp. We had this conversation the other day. Your first marker on life was camp. It definitely was. <laughs> so, Gabe, the best story. When Cade's in, like, what were you? What were you I was sophomore? 16. I was 16. Junior? Yeah, I would have been a sophomore when Camp was born. <laughs> and he, uh, he tweets something. I'm like, you okay? I text him, like, you okay? He goes, yeah, somebody I know is having a baby. I was like, oh, really? And he goes, it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you were real weird with your Twitter back in the day. Yeah. That was back before like, people like, really oh. to use Twitter. <laughs> and who knew Camp would just be a, a boss? Uh, a beast. I'm, what's he weigh? The beast beast. About one, one, 107? Yeah. And how tall is he? About four or seven, four or six. He's up. He's up to about like. And he's just a first grader, up, technically. He's, he's really a kindergartner. Yeah, he's a kindergartner. But he's really a first grader. So uh, kindergartner. When, when is he committing to Tennessee? He's already got offers from Alabama and Ohio State. It, yeah, we're a, little bit, we're a bit, a little bit slow. You know, we got, we got, process. We got, we got to get them offers in, man. We got to get yeah. that commitment. Austin, you got to do the recruitment video. Listen, buddy, I'm two for two on mazes. <laughs> Even though this one defected, I got him back. 1.5. So we can, we, we can, yeah, it's more than, you're more than a half. We got to get Cam locked and loaded, man. I, I, I told him. He doesn't even like, like sports. You should, you should, you should make I, him I asked video, him the other Austin. day. He came to the game. You know how the game, it was like a four-hour game. Like, it was, we were out, oh. it was a long game. It was. And so, he came to the game, and, you know, the sun was beaming. Everybody was sunburnt. 
camp, like, for half of the game was laying, like, under the seats, like, trying to get some shade. And then after the game, he was just absolutely just, oh, he was exhausted. He, you know how he knows me? He doesn't know me through the boys. He knows me because my d- girls went to Miss Mildred Queen in Farragut for swim lessons. Okay. And so they have, a, they have a pool at their house in Kingston. Okay. And, and they needed him to learn how to swim. So I got him set up with Miss Mildred. So he knows me because of Miss Mildred, not because of recruiting or, or the boys. Hey, she did a great job because he was like two and a half years old, three years old, out there swimming as good as I can. Like a fish. How old it's is crazy. He He's six now. Okay. Oh, yeah. He can swim like a fish. And doesn't care about sports right now. He doesn't care about sports. So I asked him, like, part of the story that I was telling, like, after the game, we went to eat. He's exhausted. He's, like, laying on the floor. And I'm like, Camp, how are you going to play football? You're so tired from just watching. And he was like, mm, I don't want to play football. I just want to play Fortnite. <laughs> well, also what he says is he says, uh, he says it's too far away from our mom. The field, being on the field is too far away from our mom. <laughs> I, I love it. Melinda got him, got him close. I oh, love yeah. it. No He's going to be spoiled. He already is. 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 I am true. Gets away with murder. He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, he runs the show. He's a baby. He's a baby. The good news is, is once you're in the league, you can start paying for stuff from him. Yeah. Exactly. Take care of that, man. All the Fortnite seasons. The Robux cards. Robux cards, everything. Yep. Hot Wheels. We will save for my next appearance, which, you know, Brent will be back next week, and I'll be back in two weeks. Yeah. We will save for that show when I will tell the late-night phone call story from Cade Mays from high school. That one is, <laughs> oh, is too good. Um, all right, let's focus back on uh, Tennessee Tech. Uh, you go into this game Saturday. Um, and I know you go in expecting to play every series, but that's not going to be realistic because you guys are going to be up. So, you know, one of those things where you want to take care of business as quickly as you can, get down out of there? I mean, just the opportunities that I have where I am on the field, just making the most of them, uh, working on stuff that, that I did wrong last week or correcting my mistakes, playing technical, um, stuff like that. Just, you know, as long as I'm in there, just playing as hard as I can, playing the best I can. You, you told me, before we go to you, you told me last week, or after the game, that you felt like Saturday was one of your best games in college. Why yeah. was that? Um, I just, you know, this season's been really the first time that I've played tackle. And, you know, Pitt's usually known for their defense. They've got a really good defensive coordinator. Um, last year they led the nation in tackles for loss, and they've just usually got a really good D-line. And um, something we stressed all week was, you know, third and long pass rush. And something I said we need to stay out of was third and long. We ended up finding ourselves in third and long quite a bit. You know, we, I, I felt like I protected pretty well, um, did some good things with my hands and changing up my sets and stuff, just, you know, keeping those guys off balance and uh, just, you know, utilizing my tools. Did you guys get a chance to see what happened down in Tallahassee this past weekend? Where I saw highlights of it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Coach always tries to talk up the opponent, you know, and it's easy to talk up Pittsburgh. It's easy to talk up, you know, most of the top SEC schools. But when you play a team like – Tennessee Tech, if you play your best and they play their best, it, I mean, it should be over at halftime, let's be honest. But um, as a coach, he's not supposed to tell you that, that your guys are just that much better uh, than the opponent. How do you guys make sure that Pitt, uh, even though, again, you guys outplayed them and beat yourselves, how do you make sure that Pitt doesn't beat you twice? Uh, sure. Like what happened with Notre Dame and Florida State. Notre Dame beat Florida State twice. They went out there and lost Jacksonville State. Yeah. Um, just – Watching the film this week, correcting the things that we made mistakes on, 
correcting our errors and just, you know, going out there and playing with the same great effort and, you know, connecting on big plays, making big big holes for the running back and just, you know, playing hard. And when you play hard, usually everything shakes out. And uh, just really correcting the mistakes that we made and everything should take care of itself. It's like there's, there's a standard that you want to play at, right? And the opponent is just opponent X. For sure. And, you know, and we understand, like, the – the Bamas and the Floridas and the Georgias and, you know, the Pittsburgh, like, it's going to have a little more oomph to it because there's going to be more people in the stands and, you know, the competition is, is better on the other side of other line of scrimmage. But it's really about you guys, right? It's really Absolutely. about, you know, playing yeah. a certain Every standard week. and certain level not letting that drop. Yeah. Coop? Coop chilling, Well, uh, the thing is, I don't want to put Coop under, under the gun. So are you playing Saturday? Um, but when you, when you get back out there, What's the one thing you look forward to most? I mean, it kind of really just goes back to what I was really talking about earlier. Like, it, it was just kind of really like this, uh, like a, it's kind of like hurt me not to be, it, it just really hurts not to be out there like fighting with my guys. I, I love that part. You of talked about the tempo earlier. Mm-hmm. How do you, especially as the center, how do you take a couple of weeks off and not lose that tempo and be able to continue to go at the speed Coach Heibel's wanting to go out? Um, really, it's just sticking to the rules that they taught us how to play with the right tempo. I mean, it's just making sure you get your eyes to the judge, working up the hash, make sure you get your feet set, let everybody else get set around you. Just Really, the big thing is just bringing people along with me because I know, I know where I'm supposed to be at every play when the play's over, just making sure everybody else is locked in. You know, I, Everybody gets tired and loses focus. So, I mean, for me, I've got to be the one to keep everybody on track, get everybody going. When you see a defensive player pretend like they're hurt and fall down, you ever want to just go to them and say, well, get up, you ain't hurt. Yeah, I mean, I want to and I do. I usually, yeah. I usually <laughs> talk to them when they do. I mean, that's a really cowardly way to face us, in my opinion. But, you know, who am I to judge? You know, I probably would lay down and act like I was hurt too, you know, if I was very tired like that. But, I mean, in my opinion, it's a cowardly way. It is. It. Yeah, it, it definitely is. is. I think – I think there should be some rule, like, because, I mean, it's very obvious. You're flagrantly, like, going down, faking an injury. Like, like I think there should be, like, a rule, because it changes the whole pace of the game, the whole tempo of the game, and, like, it's a timeout without calling a timeout. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, is that, is that, like, when, should, is that like when Tyler fell over at Auburn last year? I mean, I don't remember that. Maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah, not, I don't remember that. One, that one too many. One too many. I mean, it, it, is, it is, like, it is very, you know, useful when you might have too many people on the field. I mean, defense might have 12 people out there, and then they're like, just fall down, fall down. Oh, God, my leg. But, I mean, I think, I think there should definitely I think there, <laughs> there should definitely be a rule, like, in place to where, like, if there's not an actual injury and, like, if you're standing up at the, at the line of scrimmage and then you just fall down, like, there should be some type of penalty. Maybe, maybe a review or something at least. Like, I mean, like, like if, you, if, if the play ends and you run over to where you're supposed to line up and then, like, you look around and somebody's over there on the sideline yelling, get down, like – there should be, like, either a burn of a timeout, maybe a automatic first down. I don't know. I'm not the rule maker, but I'm just saying, like. Next week on Tennessee Prime, we'll go in-depth on the rule book with Cade Mays. You take, you take, you take a camera and then you zoom, like you zoom into the player. You cannot time. cut anyone who's not 10 to 2. I do know that. Five, and five yards in front of the line of scrimmage, five yards behind. Nothing out of the tackle box. 10 and 2. I like it. I can't, I can't stand when I see players fake injuries. I mean, I, I, listen, I understand if you're getting gashed and, and you can't stop the offense, I mean, listen, you got to do what you got to do. But, like, I, I, can't, I can't stand it, man, because 
it's just you're not hurt. You're yeah, not hurt. Very, very yeah. I mean, it's, I think I think it's really. I mean, we talk about it. It's one of those things that it's just like. I mean, when it happens to you, it's annoying. When you do it, you're over there laughing on the sideline. <laughs> you know, like it's how it goes. But I mean, I do agree. I mean, it it definitely defeats a lot of the purpose that we play with. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing. It's one thing to you know fall out because you're you don't have like the formation set and it's on y'all you know yeah. but we are physically making people so tired to the point where they can't play at the standard that they need to play at and they're doing something that's out of the rule book to stop our yeah. tempo yeah you should feel good about yourself when that happens well, they guys, resort to we have tactics you do feel good about yourself I mean you know as much as we don't like to admit it I mean it kind of helps us get our breath back too so I mean <laughs> hey. but I mean yeah I mean I don't know it, it just depends on the moment, honestly. So it's safe to say on Saturday when you're, if you're out there, um, you're going to tell the kid from Tennessee Tech, just lay down. We need a break too. No, 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 no. He's going to lay down, and I'm going to talk to him. You're going to say thank you. Instead of saying get up, you're going to say thank you. <laughs> no, I'm going to say thank you in my own mind, but I'm going to be saying something else to him. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you coming out. That's been it for Tennessee Prime for this Tuesday night from Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken off Sutherland for Kane Mays and Cooper Mays, who – was very gracious to come in and bell out yes, Jimmy Calloway. Thanks, guys. And yes, Jason Swain, I'm Austin Price. See you next Tuesday. And I'm Cooper Mays.